Yo, yo, welcome back, see you on the doctor, episode 8. Now, I know last week uh, we got pr- pretty busy, we actually did two shows, we did episode 7, which was the complexities, and then we had a special edition, impromptu, MLK edition, so if you're counting, yes, we've already done 8 shows, but this is the official episode 8. So, what's good, P? Hey, man, uh, another good week, uh, dude, it's cold in Arizona now. <laughs> <laughs> all right most people just listen they probably think something crazy when i say like this morning it was 36 degrees outside 67 in my house because we didn't turn the heat on and we were all too cold to get up to turn on the heat but that's neither here nor there uh listeners this is a different dynamic uh, than you're used to um, usually CO is quarterback in the whole uh, discussion. Uh, he's kind of gotten the discussion, but we're, we're coming from a different vein this week for you. Uh, you know, a, a lot of the discussions we've had over the course of our uh, eight episodes has been about relationships. Now, we actually have in the house a relationship and we're going to get their their take on uh, what it takes for love and marriage. Um, and a successful relationship. So the title of this episode, which is episode eight, is love, marriage, and relationships. And I have the honor to uh, introduce Tanisha and Clyde Oliver. Well, you guys already know me. I let my wife say something. Uh, Hello, everyone. Um, I am honored to be uh, featured on the podcast. And uh, before we get um, into the discussion, I just want to let you, um, uh, my husband and um, the doctor, know how proud I am of your success with the podcast. And I support you 100%. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks, babe. All right. Let's get into it. Uh, So... Right off the bat, how long have you guys been married now? Okay, I'll start the lead on this. So um, we're actually coming to you. This is the eve of our 10th anniversary, actually. So tomorrow will make 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, Congratulations. Uh, thank thank you. you. Thank you. So you said, uh, how do we actually meet, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Tell so us your story. I'll start. Okay. <laughs> All right. So funny story is uh, 2004. I've uh, been in the military maybe seven, eight months. Um, pushing a year and uh she's the new girl in town so um we're on the flight line of course and i walk in um i break room and i'm talking to one of my good friends will spears you guys met him last week and he's like hey uh we got a new airman um that came in so everybody wants you want everybody to go introduce themselves i was like oh okay no worries so i walk past the the office of our flight chief and I had to double take because I honestly thought she was one of my ex-girlfriends. So Uh-oh. instantly, <laughs> I was super nervous. I was like, oh, my God, how did she follow me here? Because it was just a quick glance, and it looked just like my ex-girlfriend. Then, at that point, I let you take over. What did I say? When you introduced yourself? Yes. So he comes up to me, and he's like, Gave me his hand. Good morning. I am Airman Oliver. Nice to meet you. You know, it was it was corny, you know, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and I introduced myself, and right at at that point, um, well, no, he um, since I'm from Alabama, I had a country accent. It was really bad then, and he was like, "Geez, where are you from?" And I was like, "Mobile, Alabama." So he just talked about my accent. And from there, um, we just became really good friends. Um, he helped me get acclimated to 
the maintenance world, you know, of um, the Air Force. And he was my go-to whenever I had questions. And we just became really good friends after that. Yeah. You know, the, the funny thing, um, any couple that I've, I've ever met uh, that have spent any significant amount of time together, they all have some funny story at the beginning some corny corny line i can tell you <laughs> if, if you talk to my wife she'll tell you yeah he said some corny shit at the beginning too <laughs> you know it's just when it's uh that that initial meeting man it's something and something about it you know where you it just if you're you're that loud brave bravado guy you know it somehow breaks that down and it just completely makes you forget where you are is that what happened CEO? Well, I would say, yeah, because at the time, um, I was still married to my, my previous wife, and uh, mm-hmm. I remember her, so I remember uh, we had a guy, I won't even call him my friend, just somebody we knew. A co-worker. A co-worker, and uh, he had asked, he was like, because he was nervous, he's like, hey man, will you do me a favor, can you invite Tanisha to my uh, Thanksgiving dinner? And I was like, well, this is kind of weird, like, you're a grown man, you want me to ask that for you? <laughs> but I was like, okay, sure, so... Uh, I proceeded to find her, and I was like, hey, uh, so Ross, his name was Ross, he's like, hey, would you uh, would you like to come to his, his Thanksgiving dinner? He, he can cook pretty well, and uh, he was having some people over. And this was still early on, like, because you know how you, you in-process, then you leave? So she was still in that yeah. in-process, then you leave stage. So when she came back, um, we hadn't really got to talk yet, so... Uh, she said, well, are you coming? I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but right. I had to check with my wife and then she was like, instantly you can see her look like, no, I said, you know what I said? <laughs> I was like, uh, are you going to be there? Cause I'm trying to kick it with you. That's oh, what I that's said. What it was. Okay. And then when he told me he was married, I was like, yep. Can't mess with you. So at that point, <laughs> like he was not attractive to me no more. <laughs> right. You know, like all I saw was friend that was it right and um but over over time again like i said um we just became really good friends and um i there was a point in my life where i was going through a really really tough time and um i didn't have any friends like clyde was like my really only friend and i knew the moment that he was like my best friend is when i told him about that time that you know that hard time and he was the only person that I trusted with that information mm-hmm. and he just I worked I was working mid shift and he stayed up there with me an entire shift what was that wow. like 12 hours yeah he stayed up there with me for 12 hours just talking you know and I'm just pouring my heart out to him and he went back to his dorm or yeah he went back to the dorm slept for like 20 minutes and worked his shift. And I was like, at that point, that's my best friend. Damn, CO, I did not know yeah, this, man. You, yeah. You, hey, you, you, man, you just made my heart skip a beat. <laughs> I mean, I don't know when I would ever bring that up. It's a bit random, but I mean, it happened. It's definitely true. <laughs> uh, that's good shit, man. That's that's really good. Um, so it's you're coming up on those 10 years. Kids, I know you got kids, so let's talk about the kids. Okay, so um, well, when we when we actually got together officially and we started right. dating, um, we both understood that we had children from our previous relationships. Right, um, right. So the, the only oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, real quick. Mm-hmm. So for for clarification's sake, yes. All right, 
when did your previous, your first marriage end? So we don't look like we just like you walked oh, yeah. into another marriage. All right, just. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, me and me and my previous wife, we actually uh, were separated in the probably around the end of 2006, and my divorce okay. wasn't official till like December of 07. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, so like I said, me and her had been knowing each other the whole time. And then getting right. together, we understood that we both had uh, kids from the, our previous relationship. So the only difference was my daughter actually went back home with her mom mm-hmm. to Indiana. And then, um, you know, Ace, our, our son, um, of course, Tanisha had custody of him. So with the kids, it's, it's really been, and this is kind of getting deep into it, um, mm-hmm. I've had my times where I've, I've struggled mightily because, you know, since we've been together, I've been there every day for Ace, you know, put him in all his sports, you know, been there for school and everything like that. And right. what a lot of people may be afraid to talk about um, and honestly be truth with is, you know, when you have a, a kid from a previous relationship and you don't have the luxury of being with them every day, the strain that it really puts on your life um, mm-hmm. because... I never wanted my kids to to see see it as I was more favorable to one one or the other. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I've I've busted my ass, and Tanisha will be definitely in support of this. But I've busted my ass to make sure my daughter doesn't ever feel that way. You know, I, I can't right. it can't make up all the ground. You know, from Arizona, Indy, or Texas to Indy. Um, but I actually put in for that job in Ohio to get close to Indy so that I could be there for her more. And that yeah. definitely uh, gave me a little peace. But now that I'm here in Texas, I'm over a thousand miles away again. So right. it's definitely a, a difficult thing. Um, and then finally, two years ago, almost three years ago, uh, we had some <laughs> very surprising, yes, shocking uh, news. Surprising news <laughs> <laughs> that keeps us up all day and keeps us on our feet. And we definitely get our cardio in, uh, Mr. Jordan Oliver. <laughs> um, but I think, well, now. Uh, you know, nowadays, blended families aren't the taboo anymore. Um, no. And I feel like there's not a lot of talk about blended families. No, and there, if there anyone, if, if anyone ever comes to me and asks me, you know, how do you deal with being a stepmom and dealing with, you know, her mother? It was definitely a challenge at first. Mm-hmm. I never wanted, you know, to take... Um, her mother's place. I never wanted to, um, you know, overstep my boundaries. So I just tried to find a way to bond with her in my own way. And right. here it is 10 years later. That's like my little best friend. We talk about makeup. She's just as tall as me. And I'm just very thankful that um, we have a positive story or a successful story right. where right. Um, her mom and I, we text, we talk all the time. We're friends on Facebook. We talk coordinating with um, Jasmine and everything like that. So I, I really am thankful that I'm in the situation that I'm in and I don't have to deal with, you know, the baby mama drama and the mess right. and all that that some people have to deal with. But the key to that was communication because yeah. she only saw it from one side and she didn't want to hear my side at first. And then when she actually heard my side, you know, she was very thankful of the relationship that I have with Jasmine. So um, we're very fortunate in that aspect. And while we're still, oh, one second, P. While we're still on that, on that point, I just wanted to uh, say, um, because she is a, she is a listener every week. So um, 
Amanda Bales, my, my ex-wife, uh, I will say uh, thank you for being a supporter. And I want to tell a little quick story about Tanisha and her. So this actually happened uh, at my sister's wedding. Was it mm-hmm. like three and a half years ago? Yeah. It's about three and a half years ago. So, you know, everybody's partying, having a good time. My sister's getting married. And I asked Jasmine, you know, I had a few drinks that night. I asked Jasmine, I said, hey, where's your mother at? She's like, which one? I was like, okay funny girl which one? i was like well we're either one of them and she was like oh they've been in the back room talking for hours now now the lump in my throat died <laughs> i was like what <laughs> because to this point you know i won't say they had a bad relationship because it wasn't that right. but they just didn't really you know talk that much but uh yeah. the moral of that story is after i say hours of talking i think they had some tears they had some laughs mm-hmm. they both came out holding hands and they were just like kind of happy and at peace with whatever it may have been that I never really understood so um I would just like to say to both of them you know thank you for not making that a difficult situation because we we all know these type of relationships could be different difficult no so. that that's 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 very true it's very rare yeah and uh you know I'm I'm looking at this as you guys are you know telling the story and the only thing I could think of is you two obviously you two ladies obviously put the greater good ahead of whatever personal misconceptions you may have had because usually you know in any relationship like that there's always some misconceptions in there you know there's always some animosity based on uh, assumptions they don't you know one party doesn't really know enough about the other so they assume uh, based on well you know i was with him before you mm-hmm. you know what makes you better than me this that and the other when Usually when couples break up, it usually doesn't have anything to do with that other person, you know. Uh, But I'm glad that you two bridged that gap. You talked and you came to an understanding and and basically you built a friendship and you understand that, you know, your daughter's relationship, the relationship that you both have with your daughter, she's essentially your daughter as well, Mm -hmm. uh, is vital. It's important. And her well-being should be the one thing that you guys address first and foremost. So that I really, really appreciate. I, I love the story. So uh, any anybody else out there in a blended family, you know, take heed, uh, listen to these this this great story, and uh, hit us up on the the uh, the, um, the website if you got any questions about um, how to make adjustments or anything like that in your your blended family relationship. All right. Everybody knows that you two are, are military. Uh, my wife and I were both retired and, you know, we survived the whole dual military um, situation. So in your your eyes, in your 10 years of marriage, how has it worked for you? How, how have you made it work for you being dual military? Can I take the lead on this one? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll actually say um, it's actually kind of like it's starting to flip-flop a little bit. So I'll say in the beginning, um, you know, Tanisha, was, we were both supportive of each other, but um, I was making rank a little bit faster than her and uh, maybe had one or two more achievements than her. And so, therefore, in the first few years, um, it was a lot about my career as I was progressing. Mm-hmm. And then um, I kind of hit a wall uh, when I made tech sergeant. It took me a while to make master and it's a bunch of other things that were going on that we probably get into um, in this discussion. But the moral of that story is um, that was about the time 
where I think we both realized her career was starting to, to come on its own too. As far as she had retrained, um, she was doing great things in her new job. Um, she deployed for the first time, did great things in her deployment. And at that point, you know, our careers were kind of leveled out because she had just made tech and I was still a tech. So it was, it's never been, I would, I would say it's never been like a competition. I think that's kind of right. crazy when people have yeah. a competition. I mean, it could be friendly, like, you know, pushing each other to study harder or whatever, but it's never been a competition. Like, look at me, look at you catch up. But definitely now in her situation, now that she has, you know, become a, a military instructor, um, the roles are reversed. Um, it used to be, you know, she was still momming. She was still, you know, being the great wife and cooking dinner and all that other stuff. While I was just kind of, you know, coming home, finding my niche with the kids and whatever. But now it's yeah. completely flipped because of her hours. So um, I find myself um, doing that, that I guess that, uh, what do you call it, mom-dad situation. Yeah. Uh, oh, Mr. yeah. Mr. Mom type thing. And, Single uh, dad. Yeah. <laughs> learning how to, how to do things and making sure the kids stay on schedule. Um, that's kind of my, my mm. perspective. What you got, babe? Well, my perspective is, well, in the beginning... It wasn't hard for me because we're both military, so we knew what we had to do. I didn't feel the pain of it until our last duty station when he had the special duty and he had to keep leaving all the time for TDY. And I was by myself with the kids, you know, having to call work and be like, oh, I'm going to be late because I have to drop ace off here or I got to leave early because he's sick and mm -hmm. so that's where I actually felt the pain of being meal to meal and now uh like Clyde said we're here and now the roles have reversed and yeah. with you know me being a mom it's hard for me not to do those momly things so I find myself when I get home I'm trying to do extra to make up for that time that I've been at work all day or all week yeah but it's, it makes it easy when I come home and Clyde, then he cleaned up. He got the kids together. He got my, you know, my food waiting for me, got a bath ready and some wine, candles. So whatever I was dealing with earlier in that day, I can vent to him about it because he understands. But I only give yeah. him about 15 to 20 minutes of venting. And it's like, now let me absorb this good time with my family. Oh, that's that's wonderful. You know, I know from uh, from our, you know, my my relationship, my wife, we're both military. Um, that sounds so, so similar, you know, and it's it's really I think for me, it was a really learning the roles, you know, um, traditionally, you know, you got the, the husband, you got the wife and we had roles. Uh, but when those roles have to intertwine, when one's gone to work for 12 hours and one's deployed, you know, dad's got to pick up the slack. Dad's got to cook. Dad's got to do hair. Dad's got to do all of this stuff, you know, and vice versa. You know, I remember one time when uh, I deployed and uh, our son needed a haircut. Now, I usually cut his hair <laughs> and she actually had his hair. So I get a call. <laughs> I'm in Kuwait <laughs> and, and they call. Right. And uh, my son's like, Dad, when you coming home? Mommy can't cut my hair. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's it's funny things like that, that, you know, when you are male to male um, that you have to adjust to. And I think a lot of people that aren't male to male, they really can't picture it working, you know, and from from my perspective. And I don't know if you two would agree with this. 
I think that it's better. I've seen a lot of couples, um, you know, where one person is, is military and one civilian and all it would take is a bad assignment, mm-hmm. you know, and that would usually end the relationship. I'm not going to my not. I saw that a million times. But with a mill to mill, I know whenever we got we got Bill Bill Air Force Base in California, probably the worst place to go in California. But guess what? We had to go because we both got that assignment. So there's no, you know, you got a bad assignment. I'm not going to that place. Right. You know, you both had to go to Ohio. You both had to go to Texas. So you are where you are and you make that whole dynamic work. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's very so, true. And, and and again, I don't want to dive too much into, you know, my, my prior relationship, but we did struggle in that area. Um, we were both young, um, both trying to understand the, what marriage is. We're new time parents. And, you know, I absolutely she she picked up and moved to something she was unfamiliar with. And uh, that was a strain on both of us and because, like I said, she was civilian. I was military. So there has been differences being meal to meal because like you said, we both understand that dynamic a little bit better. Yeah. All right. So, uh, the next question, um, what have you learned about yourself as individuals first and then as a couple? Clyde? Oh, you want me to start there? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. um, we've been talking and honestly, like I said, everything in every relationship, um, is not always what you think. Now, we've been told this a lot, you know, from friends all the way back from Arizona to now, like we're that we're like the model couple, you know, the way we look on the outside, the, the yeah. happiness that we show. But we have had our struggles. Um, and I'll be the first to say a lot of those struggles follow me. Um, what have I learned about myself? I learned very recently, let's say within the last six months or so, that it took me really looking outside of myself and dealing with my demons to be able to live a happy, normal life because there's a series of events that happened, but there was one main event. And when I Mm -hmm. lost one of my really good friends in 2012 to a motorcycle accident, that was the first time in my life that I felt like I couldn't put something into a compartment and just keep it there. Instead, everything else that's always bothered me from the time I was a child all the way up until that time as a 30-year-old man started leaking out. And I had no idea how to deal with all these new wave of emotions. There wasn't enough bandages. There wasn't a place for me to hide because everything finally bothered me. And for years, I carried that secret and I struggled with it. And I would just, you know, have my outbursts and, you know, I would do things to... almost intentionally try to upset my wife it was just a very difficult time for me so like I said in these last six months or so um it just really took me finding my ground um believing strong in my religion and believing strong in myself that I can repair you know myself and be who I am today so that's what I found out about me now what I found out about our relationship is that I had probably the most patient understanding yet stern wife that you know I think any man could be blessed to have because anybody else could have easily just picked up and left doing all the crap that I put it through um she could have easily said you know what this is too much for me let's figure out what's best for us and the kids and you'll go on your merry way and I'll go on mine but her style of fighting for our relationship was something that was super unconventional because you know she didn't have to 
beg and plead or nothing like that. That's not who she is. But without her even having to tell me all the time, she was definitely making it clear that she was there. And in the event that I got my shit together, she would always be there. And it was going to take, you know, much more than a simple spilled milk situation for her to leave. And that right there is what I can hang my hat on when I when I talk about my marriage. The strength of the woman when the man is not really, you know, there. He's not really present because I wasn't oh, yeah. present for a while. Yeah. So that'll be my, my take on that. Good shit. Good oh, shit. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, what I've learned? Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to be completely honest. Um, in the beginning of our marriage, I was just so happy. Um, I, I just felt like nothing outside of our bubble mattered. So I was just very complacent, like, okay, I have my husband, I have my kids, I have my job, I'm okay. Right. And during that process, I forgot who I was because yeah. it was always, well, well, Clyde's favorite color is blue, so my favorite color is blue. You know, whatever it was to make him happy that I started to lose the the qualities and the characteristics of the woman that he married. Mm-hmm. And whenever, and what made me open my eyes to that is because to be honest I thought he was perfect I know all of us are not perfect but he was imperfectly perfect for me and when he went through that dark phase I had to find who I was again Mm -hmm. and that's one thing I've learned is not to lose who I am for anybody else because that's what makes me unique that's what makes people you know love me and want to be around me And what I've learned in this relationship is communication. I was very bad on my communication or how I communicated. If there was something that bothered me, I wouldn't say anything. And I'll just hold it, hold it, hold it. And it'd be the smallest thing. And I'll just blow up on him, lose Mm -hmm. my mind. So I've learned communication, patience, and uh, putting God back in the center of our marriage. Because I feel like if he's the core, everything else will fall in place around it. And at this point, these past couple of months, this, I would say this has been the best time in our marriage. And I just, I don't want it to end. Oh, and well, from, from our perspective, you guys are on the right path. So, you know, just if you stay consistent, I know from, from my perspective, uh, no marriage is without its issues. Okay. I, I don't even remember clearly our first 10 to 12 years because there was so much going on, and I can say from my perspective that uh, everything that you 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 guys said resonated resonates with me because it sounds so very similar to our relationship. Um, and I'll, I'll speak for myself in reference to a relationship. I didn't know who the hell I was. I didn't. And fortunate for me that I, I have somebody who. She didn't take my shit and you, <laughs> she she refused to take any shit from me, but she allowed me the space that I needed and the reality check that I needed for me to grow the fuck up and learn who I was. And for all intents and purposes, that's exactly what you did with Clyde. I, you know, I, I think that it's important. Would you two agree that it's important for each of us any 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 couple? to realize who they are as individuals and accept the good, accept the bad, and then they can accentuate each other and become better. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, 
you know, we've talked about this many times in our past talks, but you always say, you know, ask yourself that dark, ugly question, what don't you like about yourself? But it doesn't define you, but you own it. You know, a lot of my my self-discovery found me trying to answer that question way into our our relationship you know and maybe that's a question you know I should have been responsible enough to to understand at a young age to be able to tell her 10 years ago but I would say you know this past year maybe this past half year is when she found out a lot of that stuff that was ugly about me and uh you you can only suppress certain things for so long and ultimately, when you suppress those things, what you're actually doing is you're taking the value of life and putting it on, putting it to the side. Because I could never really find happiness in a lot of things that people felt should bring us happiness, right? Like, you know, it's not to brag or anything, but we have three houses. We have three children. We don't, you know, worry about, you know, what's, what's for dinner because we don't have enough money to feed ourselves or things like that. So we're, we have a pretty good life, but, you know, we're sitting here walking around in year seven and eight and... Honestly, on the outside looking in, you wouldn't know, but we were very unhappy, very, very unhappy. And I think a lot of that was because of, you know, you suppress those things that you might need to tell your mate because of fear of embarrassment, fear of, I mean, we've been married at that point eight years. How am I going to tell her about this now type thing? But when you finally say, forget it, let me own my shit. Let me sit myself down. You sit yourself down. Let's talk you know, all filters off, you find that even though the conversation can be difficult, the listening that it happens, you know, the understanding that occurs is huge to your happiness. And now I can wake up and smile in the midst of, you know, whatever crazy, because I know that's off of me and life is, you know, good again. That's kind of my take on that. Like we always say, let conversation influence you. And that's exactly what happened in the midst of all of that. And, you know, when you you touched on maybe I if if I had the the wherewithal to ask myself that question eight, 10 years ago, uh, I think our youthful ignorance prevents us from being reflective. Really, you know, I I think when we go through the things that we deal with uh, in life, you losing uh, Justin um, and a few other pivotal situations. That's when you become introspective. You know, I know that several things happen in my life and I can tell you, uh, I formulated that question in my head far later than 10 years, (laughs) far later than 10. And it was a, a lot of things that, you know, you touched on, you know, having a successful life, uh, the trappings that, that we surround ourselves with really don't define our relationship. It's how we view our relationship, how we value our relationship, what we invest in our relationship um, that speaks volumes about the quality of our relationships. You know, and when my wife and I sat down and we had that ugly conversation, there it is again. You have to have that ugly conversation. Get that ugly conversation out of the way, because then all those walls and those barriers are broke down. Um, You have that talk. Then you can truly exhale and ah, I'm free. I'm free of those hindrances that I put on myself and I'm dragging down someone who loves me dearly with those hindrances and vice versa. You know, so when you you do that, that's when I, I, I truly believe that you start to fight for your relationship. And it's not a knockdown, drag out, clawing 
kind of fight. You just recognize, okay, this is where we need to adjust. This is where we need to work a little bit harder. This is where it's easy. We'll keep continue to do the things here. Mm-hmm. We got to adjust in these areas. And that's where all that really open, distinct dialogue comes from. And you know each other better. And you start to think for each other. You start to finish each other's sentences and you're comfortable. You know, you can, you can, Hell, I said you can fart around each other and it's cool. <laughs> you know, you do all that stupid shit. Right. Uh, but that's when you know you're with somebody who cares about you is when you can be at your absolute worst and they still say, hey, baby, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things that, that you touched on um, when you when you actually understand who the other is, because, you know, we all meet meet one another and we think. We know each other, but it's not until you actually move in together, you actually get married, that you start to find all these other things out about the person and how you actually handle and deal with that. And, you know, without kind of being appointed, you know, I found myself, you know, recently in some mentorship um, roles for some of my, my buddies, you know, they, they kind of have some, some issues or, you know, got a question about their relationship or whatever. And what I try to tell them is whatever used to be your trigger if you're trying to get better, um, you got to understand that that trigger is going to always be present. But are you going to always act the same way? You know, and for Tanisha and I, uh, we, we both had triggers and that will turn a normal conversation into a, almost a riot where we're not talking to each other. <laughs> you know, I'm in another room or, you know, in another part of the house. She's in another part of the house or she just gets up and leave or vice we versa. We talk for days. No talking for days. Just kind of like cold, hey, okay, make sure if you pay that bill. That. And uh, once we understood our triggers, you know, we actually were able to recognize them and say, you know what, this is that moment where the old me would go this way. This is that moment where the old you would handle this this way. So now that we understand that, we recognize that, let's do what we need to to, you know, p- bypass that so we're not there. So it's that constant c- communication. Like you've always said, you know, love gets you in the door, but work keeps you there. So if you're not willing to work, we could have been gone a long time ago. In my that, opinion. that that's and for me, that's my truth. You know, I realized that um, probably year 15, you know, and. I think for me, you know, it was a lot of luck, you know, believe me, I made countless mistakes and I, you know, God truly blessed me with a good woman to see who I could be far, far sooner than I realized who I could be. You know, it was not that she guided me in any one particular direction. She just gave me the space to figure out, okay, you really need to learn what your shit is. (laughs) It's not about you learning who you are. It's learning about what who you are and your shit. Your shit either defines you or um, it'll help you self-correct. You know, if we let it define us, we're going to fuck up every relationship that we come across, you know, be it friendships or intimate relationships. So that's that's when we're faced with that choice. You accept that bad part of you. You don't let it define you. You just own it. Um, you recognize that it's there and you share that. Look, this is this is who I am. This is in me. I will never, ever, ever. I'll do my best not to let this define me or ruin our relationship. But you need to know that it's there, you know, and that's that man. That hard truth is therapeutic for a relationship. It truly is. I, I truly believe that. And I would say now, that Tanisha and Mama P share that because without her, you know, maybe saying those exact words, that's definitely what took place over the last three, four years. 
her letting me figure out what it is I needed to do and how I was going to go about doing it. So uh, I commend her on being like, you know, that strong woman in that right and, and not necessarily, you know, turn her back toward me because I was struggling mightily with my own shit. And I got to to a point where um, I was, you know, being the supportive wife that I that I am and letting him know, regardless of what you're going through, I'm here. And, mm-hmm. you know, it felt like the more I, you know, held tight to that rope, the more he pulled away. And uh, like I stated earlier, when I got to a point where I found out who I was again, I loved him enough to where I got to a you know, a point where I was like, well, maybe I just need to let you go and figure out what's going on. And when you figure that out, hopefully I'm still here, you know, but um, thankfully it didn't get to that point, but I'm glad he found, you know, those, how to address those demons and everything before we got to that point. But like I said, I, I loved him enough to know that something was wrong and maybe you just he just needed some time to himself. And again, I'm, I'm glad we didn't get to that point because it just made us stronger. And there was a lot of times when I was like, I don't understand. I'm, you know, I'm doing everything a wife is supposed to do and he's still pulling away from me. Mm-hmm. When I think about the past and compare it to today, I know that it was a test for a testimony because now we're here and we can be that voice for someone who may be going through that right now. And the easy part is just whenever you're bumping heads or things aren't right, the easy thing is, well, let's get a divorce. I don't want to be with you no more. Let me kick you out or whatever. When actually you need to communicate and find out what is the issue. You have to find the root cause. You can't just keep putting a Band-Aid on the wound you have to see what is causing the wound and i'm glad that we were able to do that and be here today see you know i i I like the fact that you touched on how easy it is now for couples to all right look it's not working i'm out instead of investing and putting in at work you know we we've talked about disposable relationships disposable state of relationships uh in society now and it's it's terrifying uh, so Tanisha, tell, tell me, where did you find that strength to, you know, to navigate through all of this? Because I know, um, you know, from, from my personal relationship, I, I Hey, the, the, the woman that I see every day, I marveled at her strength and I often wondered, how did you, how did you find your way? to dealing with my shit the way that you you dealt with it you know and I'm, I'm not i don't want to use those same terms in reference to Clyde. i i will i look my shit was probably six feet deep but anyway um uh, <laughs> <laughs> how did you find that strength what was the catalyst what was that 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 aha moment this is what i need to do to support him in a way that allows him to find him himself in the midst of all of this that's going on and hopefully he finds his way to realizing what's important which is myself our family and the life that we've built how did you find your way there um i would definitely say it was prayer 
definitely prayer. And when I started to look deep inside of me to find that strong woman that he married eight years ago, and I knew I had to be strong for my child because at the end of the day, I, he was brought in this world for me to take care of. God trusted me to raise this little human. So that's where I found my strength. And I believe once he saw that strong woman again, because again, like I said, in the beginning of the relationship, what drew him to me, those characteristics slowly started dwindling away because I was just so happy in this bubble. And I, and to be completely honest, I think once he probably saw that I would be okay by myself and I started doing things by myself, then maybe he started to, you know, see his life like, oh my gosh, she might be okay without me. And, and, and am I on the right track a little bit? Yeah. Uh, if I could jump in. Um, sure. I'll, I'll try to tell this story without getting, you know, too in, in depth, but what I had to remember too, she's talking about the strong person. I had to remember um, what series of events or, or what event occurred that changed everything about me. Um, I struggled with love. And so therefore she didn't know that I, I had an issue with how I love. Um, what it is, is I can, I can provide, you know, I could take care of people and, and be there, but I didn't know how to, to love to the point where I want somebody to understand I need you to carry on. You know what I'm saying? I want to carry on. Um, so that's something I always struggle with. But one mm -hmm. thing that happened um, young in our relationship is there was a moment where um, I think that actually like grew me as a man when uh, you know I had to step up and do something um, for her, I, and her son at the time. And I really didn't know where I was getting the strength to do it. I really didn't understand how I was doing it. But that was a very trying time, and uh, she was going through a lot. And that's what I, I went back to. I remember how I just stepped up. You know, I, I made things happen. Um, I, I, I got her to understand that everything was going to be okay. Um, she found her strength in me and in God. And that was like our initial growth moment, I would say. And then mm -hmm. I had to reflect on that years and years later and be like do you remember what you did do you remember what made her different from every other relationship you had been in and something in you at that time made you make the right decision so now during this time you need to make that same right decision and that's the stuff that started reeling me back reeling me back in getting me to to finally let go of all of those demons and pain when it comes to love because I, i've always been the, the person that kind of had it on the reserve so to speak so mm -hmm. it's like Hey, you know, if she came home one day, and I'm not saying she would do this, but she came home one day and she's like, you know what? For whatever reasons, I don't feel like I want to be here anymore. Now, as a human being, sure, I'll ask a series of questions. Did I do something wrong? What's the matter? Blah, blah, blah. And like a human, I'll have a series of emotions. But at the end of the day, it didn't rip me apart because right. I, I know I wasn't 100% invested. And a lot of people might say, well, how, how can you say something like that? You know, I just kind of... I don't know. I, I dealt with something as a as a as a kid, as a, a young adult that was very tough for me, and I just was not like you know pretty much fool me once, okay, but never again. And so loving people was always like a a providing state for me. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll make sure I answer you know any question you you need me or any call you need. But I don't necessarily need that same commitment from you. 
Um, and that sounds, you know, pretty selfish and pretty, pretty tough to, to hear, but that was the truth. And so therefore I kind of made myself okay with somebody leaving me. So I never had to feel that hurt again that I felt once right. before. And that, that's kind of like something that she never knew. And hearing that when she heard it, you know, year seven, eight, she's like, what do you mean? And I really didn't know how to explain it to her. And I was like, well, all I can tell you is in the event that you don't want to be here, sure, I'll be, I'll feel it. But it's not like, you know, I'm not going to go on because I know what I, what I invested at the time. And that yeah. was kind of hurtful. She definitely didn't like how that sounded. You know, I, that's I was, that ugly, man. Yeah. That, that's which, that ugly. Which I didn't understand because when we first got together, I had a real hard shell on the outside. And once in the beginning, I was very truthful about everything. I was like, you know, I wanted to go in this relationship honest. Like, I don't have any secrets or anything like that. So fast forward time, now he's telling me this, it doesn't make sense to me because I'm right. like, you know, I had this shell and you told me to get rid of it, but hindsight, you kept yours. And why would you tell me this eight years down the road instead of telling me in the beginning? Um, so it, it was hard for me to understand. I, you know, I would ask myself all the time, like, what do I do? You know, I didn't fell in love. I've been mm -hmm. with this, this person who I thought for the past eight years, but in actuality, I've kind of been with a stranger, you know? So, yeah. um, with him, with us having the in-depth conversation, the ugly conversation, you know, it feels like we've shedded a new skin and, and we're starting new and, you know, everything is out on the table and uh, we're just taking it a day at a time. Yeah, and we, we see this We see this first 10 years is kind of like chapter one or act one of a, you know, I don't know how many chapters this book will have, but we can kind of sum it up as the first 10 years were... Uh, rocky, steady, <laughs> very uh, concerning at times, mm -hmm. and now and now we're back to all right, ground zero. So calm water. Yeah, the, the first ten has been pretty wild. <laughs> you know when uh, you you touched on secrets. Uh, you know I I think that in our youthful exuberance when we're in that that first initial stage of relationship or um, you know in a committed relationship like a marriage we share what we think our secret is. But until we acknowledge the secret that we hold about ourselves to ourselves, we can't truly be truthful with our, our partner, you know, and, until we own that ugly that's in us that we have pushed deep down inside that we've denied about ourselves. We can't truly reveal who we truly are because we don't accept who we truly are. Mm -hmm. And by having that ugly conversation, Clyde exposed his secret, a secret he did not know he had about himself. He didn't know he had it until he acknowledged that it was there. Mm. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. That's very you know, true. so every couple, I think that every couple eventually comes to that crossroads. And most couples don't know how to to deal with it. You know, when first of all, most individuals don't know how to deal with owning their own shit. You know, mm -hmm. nobody wants to face an ugly truth about themselves. It's a it's a harsh reality. Uh, when you think about that self-reflection that it took for you to realize that dark place that you were in, Clyde, mm -hmm. that, that's hard. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. You know, 
Because no matter what, man, like the self-reflection, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror, you know, you're good to go, got a fresh haircut, you look decent. None of that stuff, right? when you, and, I, and I try to use that as, as a terrible kind of like analogy, but ultimately, no matter how you look in the mirror, when you have all this, this other stuff going on behind, like you never see what's presented. So I, I never see the fresh haircut. I never see the, you know, the nice outfit I got on because all I can see is this, this wave of problems. You know, every time we did something that was, you know, a milestone, buy, buy a new house, um, take a vacation, kids are born. For that moment in time, whatever it is, it matters. But the next day, you know, a week later, it's like, oh yeah, that's that's just what it is because you can never find yeah. it in your in your life in your time frame you know, in, in 24 hours in a day to, to enjoy it, to embrace it, because it's always something that's coming out. And I think every relationship gets to a point where it starts to boil over, and yeah. that's when it's real nerve-wracking, because the other partner is feeling it, like, there's something yeah. really wrong with you. Because, I, I mean, even though I wasn't going through it, I felt it every day. Yeah. And it was frustrating for me, because I was like, what can I do to to fix it? What can I do to take his mind off of it? But I, I didn't have the answer because I didn't know the, the problem, you know? Right. So I would, it's like everything I would try, you know, I was like, Oh, well, let me make his favorite dinner. That didn't work. Okay. Let me, he's been wanting this gift for, I don't know how long, maybe this will bring some, you know, temporary happiness that didn't work, you know? So I, it was starting to frustrate me and affect me, even though mm -hmm. I wasn't going through it, but my partner was in pain, so I took on that pain. And it would be times that I would tell him because I feel like I'm a very strong person. And I remember we were laying down one night, and he was in his funk. And I said, I don't know what you're going through, but I wish that I could just take that pain away from you because I knew that I could deal with it better. Yeah. You know, I don't. I didn't know what it was, but I was like, I just want to <clears throat> take this pain away from you because I didn't know what it was. And it was a job and a chore for me to try to bring him happiness. But again, no, no matter what I did, it's like he, the demons were fighting me, you know, fighting yeah. against what I was trying to fix. And that's when, you know, I got to a point where I was like, I can't, I can't do this no more. So instead of putting that and and this may sound selfish, but I was like, instead of all this energy that I'm putting in to make you happy, let me make myself happy. So right. regardless if his day was happy, bad, sad, whatever, Tanisha is going to be happy. So I figured if he saw me happy, then maybe he would be happy. So it, it was a very stressful time. Yeah. See, it, usually in, in situations like that, uh, you know, historically, couples usually look at it like, well, shit, she's happy. Obviously, I can't make her happy. I'm out. Or, hey, I'm happy doing this. He can't make me happy. I'm out. You know, but I, I think that in those situations, the smart person will look, okay, she's happy. But she's been telling me all of these things that, that you know, that I, I need to realize. Now, if I look at myself, what part of this do I own? What part of her unhappiness do I own? What part of my own unhappiness do I own? You know, um, most of us look outward. I'm unhappy because it's cold outside. Well, it could be cold outside and I could do some shit and make myself happy. 
You know, right. I could be with somebody that I love that makes me happy. I could be with my son, my, my daughter, my grandkids, whatever. Find other outlets to find some happiness. But that's you realizing the things that make you happy. Most of us will, will stay in a, in a state where we wallow because we want some sympathy. And usually that's what happens. You know, you, you, you call a friend. Oh, I'm not feeling good. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's going on? And they usually shower you some praise, try to get your spirits back up. But they're not addressing the root cause because they don't know the root cause. The only person that knows the root cause is that person, that person that has it tucked away deep down inside. Uh, And, you know, like I said at the beginning, that I I am truly honored and blessed that, you know, you guys uh, asked me to to do this, this particular episode with you guys, uh, because, you know, we talk about relationships every episode and we want to at least we may not be able to provide the tools to to others to have successful relationships but at least give them the thought process make them look inward i always think that we need to look at ourselves first because that's who we we own you know i don't i don't own my wife any more than clyde owns you tanisha or any more than you own him he owns himself you own yourself and the things that we contribute as individuals we have to recognize them first Right. Be it good things or bad things. Once we realize what we can contribute to a relationship in a good, positive way, we throw those things on the table. Like you throw your cards on the table, Tanisha, and you and Clyde are on that journey where you're discovering what a true relationship, a true love filled marriage can be. Uh, I, 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 I'm honored that we're having this discussion. So um, as we wrap this thing up. One final question. Uh, Any advice for new relationships, new marriages, any advice for young couples out there uh, that are really just getting started? Um, Yeah. And before I take that question, uh, let me just kind of hit on, you know, that last little piece a bit, you know, so not to sugarcoat anything during that time when I was struggling and and I I was kind of watching her go through her stuff and definitely seeing her unhappy you know I was kind of upset at her like I felt like I wanted her to leave to because she deserved better you know um because I was going through a lot of shit I didn't know if I wanted to be with her I didn't know if I wanted to be with somebody else I didn't know if I wanted to be alone I didn't know a lot of whatever and I didn't ever want anybody to feel you know like they were feeling sorry for me or something like that so again you know I commend my wife for not giving up not quitting um on me because she could have easily did and I actually told her like you know I'm not here for you mentally emotionally anything so maybe you should look elsewhere but again she could see through all that and she could understand so that's a little bit more about that now what would I say to new couples I would say um, no matter how much you prep uh, before you get married mm, there's there's never I guess there's never a point you'll get to where you'll feel like you know everything about your spouse even if you guys do it, you know, the the way that most people are doing it now, where you live together for so amount, so you know, a year, maybe two years, um, however long, and then all of a sudden you guys decide to take the big step, get married, whatever. Even though you've been living with that person for two years, um, knowing that person maybe for five years or whatever it may be, you'll never have enough, um, I guess, premeditated thoughts or premeditated mm-hmm. feeling about your relationship because ultimately you have to live that relationship. And as soon as you say I do, 
Um, it's like something changes, you know, maybe it's the, the, the scripture that the preacher reads. Maybe it's just the understanding of what you've just accepted as vows, but something changes. And I would say to new couples, even though you feel that and you know things are changing, understand that you're still marrying an individual mm-hmm. that has, you know, their own issues. They have their own problems and they may arise in your in, during your time in the marriage. And so you have to understand you got to go back to the base, got to go back to the root you got to be able to talk. you got to be able to discuss. And don't let things that happen naturally, you know, overcome your relationship. So naturally kids happen, naturally bills, responsibilities happen, job changes, whatever. Understand those things are going to happen. But when you lose one another where you've put those things, um, I guess, in the forefront, then you'll never be able to understand why you're with that person maybe after five, ten years because all you see is the bills, all you see is the kids. So don't lose sight of who you're actually saying I do to. Like, I was going to pretty much say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, now I'm going to sound like I'm, I'm a copycat. But I was just going to say um, communicate, communicate, communicate. And be honest. Regardless of what it is, just be honest. Give that person the option of whether they want to um, go through that situation with you or they want to walk away. But no secrets, um, honesty, and keep the keep the fire going. Like you said, bills happen, kids happen, but make time for each other. Find that that fire that got you to get married in the first place and keep it going. Because so many times we get caught up in work, complacency, then you just feel like doing something special for your spouse is a chore. Like, oh my gosh, let me get her some roses so I ain't got to get, you know, hear her mouth. Or, <laughs> you know, oh my gosh, let me run him a bath because I don't want to hear about it later. So I just say just keep keep the, the fire going, communicate and, and remain honest with each other. And don't be afraid to go to counseling. If there's something that's going on and you can't, solve the puzzle then have an unbiased third party it's okay because a lot of people are embarrassed that they have to go to counseling there's nothing wrong with going to counseling if you truly want to make it work you'll go through anything to make it work so that would be my advice the military man yeah materialistic things gifts cars flowers you know certain days of the year valentine's day all that stuff is good but that stuff will not will not get to the root cause of anything because we realize now being together 10 years when these holidays come up we don't even know what to get each other right like because it that doesn't even mean anything anymore so now we find ourselves looking outside the box and we've decided to take a vacation every anniversary now instead of trying to give something because that gives us just enough time to reflect on our time our anniversary and then get away from the kids and work for a little bit to then refocus to get back to the grind again so that's kind of our new tradition that we're starting starting right. next week <laughs> i love that i love it so where's the vacation where, where are you guys going this time i'll let you you can take it punta cana dominican republic and i'm so excited he's he surprised me with tickets now i've been secretly throwing hints like oh our next trip should be to punta cana you know and then he surprised me and got the ticket so i am stoked about our would you you wouldn't call it my mom called it a honeymoon i wouldn't call it honeymoon. no it's a it's an anniversary anniversary, anniversary moon <laughs> <laughs> we'll hey uh this has been a pleasure um uh, i again 
I, I love the path that you guys are on. Uh, I will always say recognize where you need to adjust along that path so that you stay on the right course. The course will never remain steady. It will never remain straight. It will not be without its pitfalls. Recognize them, see them, adjust. Make sure that you always put each other first um, and, and stay the course. Stay the course. You guys are an inspiration and I hope that you know there's some young listeners out there that are you know, that can take heed and, you know, take this advice and find themselves in a successful relationship. A successful relationship is one that works, one that lasts, one that recognizes that it requires work. It's not one that you wake up on Monday and everything's great. All right. Yeah, we hit the we, we hit it. We're here. You're never really truly there. You're always working to get there. That to me is a successful relationship. Yeah, that's true. And um, before we close, uh, I just want to let everybody know that the whole idea behind this show, um, yes, it's the eve of my 10th anniversary, but ultimately the whole the whole idea behind the show is to definitely get people to understand if you're in a relationship, whether you're just dating somebody or you're married, that uh, sometimes you need to have someone else um, be able to to ask you those tough questions to ask you what your story is so that you guys can reflect together and while you reflect maybe you become that testimony for someone else so um, I know that was the reason that I asked Proc to do this show um, I definitely wanted to uh, have my wife you know be a part of the podcast because she's been pushing it so hard and helping me and um, being very thoughtful in her in her works helping me get this going but I thought it was important for her to tell her story about being with me because it hasn't always been peaches and cream. It's no. been some tough times. And uh, don't be afraid to, you know, reflect on your ugly and understand that that doesn't make your relationship. You can definitely move forward. You can be stronger um, because of the, the ugly you went through. And so that was the whole, you know, point of this this show. So if, you, if you're in a relationship or you're thinking about being in a relationship, whatever the case may be, reflect on this conversation and understand we were being very truthful to who we were um, this whole hour, and it was to help others. Honestly, that's what our story is, to help others. So that's my, that's my piece of that. All right, folks. If I do a little shout-out? Yes, yes, go so ahead, go I, for I, it. Through, through um, the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations that Clyde and I have been through, um, I just want to let my best friends know thank you for always being that ear. And sometimes they have had to be a third party and intervene sometimes. So I just want to thank Violet Miller, Crystal Campbell, Ashley Carter, and my sister Ashley Oliver. So I just want to thank them for sticking it through with us. They're part of a relationship too. All right, before we wrap, Clyde, is there anything else to close? Uh, like always, P, you know how we do this, man. Uh, All right. I, I can't give you enough uh, thanks because, you know, as she just mentioned, her people, you were definitely, you were one of mine. You know, I say you, Marty Shorter, uh, Michael Woodburn, um, those are some of my most intimate conversations have happened with you three individuals. So um, I appreciate it. Uh, I thank you um, for, for helping me get back on the right track and doing the right thing, brother. It's my pleasure, man. And like I've told you um, from the beginning of this podcast, I am honored 
to call you my brother. I'm honored to have your trust uh, and, and your faith as we journey through this podcast thing. Um, and your friendship is instrumental to me as well. So uh, any any advice that I've ever given you has been from my failed experiences you know in in my life i don't ever want anyone that i care about to have to go through a lot of the things that that i've gone through personally and through my relationship so um, i try to impart as much of my mistakes that the learn that the the information that i've learned from my mistakes to anyone who will listen anyone um you know when we started the podcast the whole moniker ceo and the doctor you know we laughed about it. it 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 was actually a, a, a joke when it started but um don't misunderstand you know I'm, I'm just an old guy that's lived a little bit that's all you know I don't know everything but I care about the people that I care about and I want them to be happy I want them to, to realize success in their lives and their relationships so that being said let conversation influence you not only in your day-to-day work life your relationships, but especially in your intimate relationships with your loved ones, especially your loved ones. See you on the doctor out.